Welcome Builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. I am so excited to have the first guests for Build Your Success Podcast. Our guest today is Carissa Gudenkoff. She has 20 years experience in technical and production workplaces in the roles of engineer, manager, consultant, and trainer. Carissa earned her bachelor's in chemical engineering and master's in business administration from the University of South Florida. She is a certified process master, a lean Six Sigma green belt, and a talent optimization consultant with MVP results. She's a certified predictive index partner. Chris is currently earning her professional coach certification through the rigorous IPEC coaching program. She is a life member of the Society of Women Engineers and USF's Alumni Association. She dedicates her time to Pace Center for Girls and Big Brothers and Big Sisters to help youth get on the right track. As a third, pro- excuse me, third-party provider for Florida Makes, Chris supports the economic economic engine. That is Florida's manufacturing and supply chain. Welcome, Carissa. It's so good to have you with us on this podcast today. How are you doing Thank today? Thank you, Brian. I'm having a great time. Thanks for having me. Awesome. It's great to hear from you, as always. And I want to tell you and the listeners that uh, I actually have a few laminated cards on my desk from one of my first experiences with leadership training. <laughs> and uh, that happens to be with you and Carrie back in 2015. Something that I absolutely struggle with is the keys to effective listening. So I've got these cards on my desk with some great pointers to uh, keep eye contact, watch your tone of voice, your body position. So these are great helpers for me, and I've kept them over the years here. And then also the brats. So I'm always sometimes being called a brat, so uh, I like that too, the uh, blocking and rambling and attacking. So just something from the past that I appreciate you pouring into me back then. Yes, I, um, the cards were definitely something that Carrie and I came up with based on going to way too many trainings where we were inundated with information and wanted to walk away with just one or two things. So um, <laughs> that came out of our own um, necessity to be able well, to apply it. Y'all did a field, great job right? of that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. So the basis of today's call, you and I have had a little bit of conversation about this, but you know, I've seen a lot of memes out on LinkedIn and different places about a, a manager versus a leader and the, and the, I guess you'd say, negative things with regard to a manager and the positive things with regard to a leader. One of the first times I saw that, it said boss and leader, and I, I kind of agree with the boss proposition because I've never really wanted to be the boss. Um, and I've always, in construction industry, a boss has the white hard hat and everybody's intimidated by the guy with a white hard hat. I've, I've never had one of those, so I uh, intentionally you know, steer away from being the boss. But I do have a, uh, I guess a, I'm, I'm in, in with the managers because I'm a project managed professional, and to see that being spun in a negative way uh, kind of concerns me these days. So, uh, so what, Carissa, what's your opinion about a manager? What do you think a manager is? What do they do? What's the positive and negatives of being a manager? <laughs> That's a big question, and, and I, what I tell, most people know about me is that in my almost two decades in 
um, manufacturing management. My first decade was much more manager, and you could call me boss. That would that would have been a, a key word, <laughs> just a very uh, truthful word at the time, where I was in kind of command and control uh, mindset, where it was all about execution and getting problems solved as soon as physically possible. And my second decade was what I call my more like second chance, getting to be a leader and focus on the changes and relationships with people and what value they bring to the table. So um, I think with anything, it's kind of a in moderation when you overuse your title or overuse your influence, um, it can become a blind spot for you. So yeah, a manager can be a boss uh, and overdo it, but then I think a leader can also overdo it and become, um, I'm trying to think of a, a good way of, of saying it, too, too far up in the clouds where you know, they're getting ahead of what their organization can do. Um, and you know, maybe even stressing people out from the level of change that they're trying to create. So I think, there's, I think either one can get overused, if I can say it distinctly there. I, I agree with that. And, and as you're alluding to there, sometimes our vision, the team's not prepared for, are they? Correct. And, and so we <laughs> have to prepare, yeah, we have to prepare them, and we also have to just you know kind of give it to them in steps sometimes because we can overwhelm someone. I, I struggle with once I get a vision, I'm ready to go gung ho forward with it, and uh, sometimes I'm not realizing my team hasn't even bought in on that yet. That's a common one. Um, I have, and and I guess from my perspective when. It seems logical to me when my manager has sold me on it and I'm ready to go. I didn't really, I wasn't as aware of that process on how he got me to buy into it. Because then when I turned around, I thought, well, I'll just use logic and it'll just make sense to them. <laughs> and why wouldn't they do it, right? And I, I think I learned over time that sitting and getting feedback and you know, just, just hearing the gripes alone, right? You don't necessarily can do anything about them, or, but just the idea of letting people vent and kind of have some time to process. Uh, I, I wasn't aware of that when I was first a manager, and it took me a little while to learn that you do have to see where your team's at and let them kind of come along. Um, you've had it for a couple of days, right, before you usually introduce it to someone else, so it makes sense to you. That's right, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, so I, I think where we... You know, and again, I said I struggle with it. Once we buy in, now it's time to move, and, and we got to get others alongside us to buy in as well. And it may take them longer. You you brought up a good point about common. I don't think you said common sense, but I thought common sense. And and sometimes different people's values, different people's ways of looking at things, they have a completely different perspective, and so they may not buy into it the way you bought into it. It still may be a great goal and a great vision, but you may have to present it to them in a different manner to get their buy-in. Yeah, and I think that's where um, the, the traditional sense of whenever someone puts up that slide, manager versus leader, you think of the leader as the one that has that sense and notices that, right? Whereas the manager, their toolbox is about uh, spreadsheets and 
goals and um, you know performance charts, right? Whereas if you are doing that and you see that your group is not following you or isn't buying in, that you can put your leader hat on for a little while and kind of see, okay, well, what is it? You know, what's going on? What do I need to to change in my message to help get the the my team? on the same page as me, right, that emotional intelligence to see it. I call it, well, I didn't call it this, but William Urey was the first person I heard it from. He's a, um, a Harvard professor that uh, does a lot of negotiation around the world. Uh, but his phrase was, go to the balcony. And it was that idea of when, as you were saying, right, you're, you're giving your message, you're, you're telling your team, your peers, what's going to happen and why it's important. Um, but if you're not kind of an observer of what's going on and you don't see that they're not getting it and they're not buying into it, you're not going to get the, the final result. And I always, um, that's kind of my go-to tool when I'm getting a lot of no's or a lot of negativity back is I will go to the balcony and go, okay, well, what am I saying and how is that coming across? Um, but I think if I can go back to the subject of manager versus leader, it's when do you need to go into which mode? When, when is a managerial mindset needed at this point? And when is it the leader in me needs to come out and build that relationship and, you know, rile up the troops to go forward on some things? Maybe a little scary. Right, exactly. And I'm one, I can be persuaded by spreadsheets. I'm more results-oriented. So if you can show me the math, you know, math doesn't lie then I can buy in pretty quickly. But there's others that they need more than that. They need more than the spreadsheets and the Excel documents and the, the math. They, they need some more information and to get their buy-in. And, and again, we got to recognize that. What you were just alluding to, I think we spoke about the other day, and I loved it, is the balance, the balance between being a manager and a leader. So speak on that, if you will. Um, I think from when I started, I used what tools I had seen other, I was mimicking other managers. And it was a lot more about that command and control of you should have the answers, you know, you're, you see everything. And so having that authority, you need to rely on it. And it wasn't until I started seeing how other managers and other departments were working and then we had a plant manager change, and that person really was more of that leader role that I saw, oh, wait, <laughs> there's another side to, you know, doing work through others. It isn't just uh, the spreadsheets and, and giving the list of instructions for the night crew um, kind of thing, that you do have to build a relationship with them. And I really did, I kind of burned myself out a little bit by thinking I had to know everything versus bringing in people. Um, it was a, so once I learned, okay, when there's an emergency, when there's a safety issue, when there's, you know, something uh, that needs immediate attention or, or just, you know, is, is going off track, yeah, my managerial skills have to come in, right? Where's the root cause? What's going on? What are we not following in the process? Uh, let's move forward, take action, right? Let's go, let's go. Um, and then other times where, you know what, this isn't that critical and this is a big change for, you know, a, a big population. 
I know when one of the companies that I work for uh, started using a high visibility uniform, I mean, it made sense and it made safety sense that the high visibility in a, in a chemical plant was, was the right thing to do, but not thinking about, well, this changes what people's laundry, this changes, you know, what people, where to work and when they wake up in the morning, all, you know, all the different things that the people side of it, you know, I didn't consider, I wasn't considering when we sent the messages out and that's people's habits, right, that, that affects them personally. And I think you have to be able to recognize, oh, but it's safer. That, that can't be just the only reason, right? There's, there's more that you need to talk to. Yes, I understand it's going to change your, your laundry. <laughs> I know it's going to change this. You're going to have to, you know, uh, the suits are a little, some of them were a little like the electricians when they had to start, when they were wearing the uh, more, I don't remember the technical word for it, but it was more for an electrician that had the insulation and was more safety conscious, but it was also thicker. So acknowledging right. that it's going to be a little hotter to wear that. And I like the or point you brought up that. about consulting the team. Um, I heard an elderly gentleman, he was well into his 90s, he was interviewed by a newscaster, and, and they asked him, and, and one of the things he said is, I can't have all the answers. I have to save some for someone else. And the wisdom in that was just awesome. Uh, you got to save some answers for the other. And, and, and your team members, you know, had, had in that example you're using with the electricians, had you spoken to them in advance, some of them may have said, you understand how hot these clothes are going to be in this environment? And, uh, and maybe that would have had some persuasion or at least understand and then put other measures in place to accommodate the, the heat. So it, it is always good. And, and that, that goes back last week. I had a podcast on team building to the team to be appreciated and to know that you care about them genuinely uh, and bring their concerns to the table. You said it earlier, we may not be able to do what they're asking us to do, but at least we do consult them and, and put their interests at heart. So that, that's great. And, and, I, and I love the fact of balance. You know, I, sometimes when I think of balance, I think of Lady Justice with the scales. And, and sometimes we talk <laughs> about this work-life balance. I don't think it's ever particularly balanced, like 50-50. But I think when you're spending time as a leader or as a manager, it's got to be quality time in either role, as you said, when needed. Sometimes you've got to wear both hats. It's, it's, it's definitely uh, much needed to pay attention to the results and manage the results to have influence and, and input on what your vision is and how you're going to lead the team. So. I love that. That balance, I think, is a great uh, message for those listening to the podcast and developing themselves. So thank you for that, Carissa. Um, so let's talk about the positives of being a leader. What, what, what do you think uh, a leader can do to empower themselves and, and do a better job forecasting their visions and, and bringing the team along? Oh, that's, that's, that's the big question, right? <laughs> I, mean, I like big questions. <laughs> how do you how do you do it? And um, you know, I I thankfully got a second chance with uh, the group that I I did spend a lot of my time with. Um, I had gone off on a special project and kind of had that whoa! I don't I don't have just one tool in my toolbox. I've got a couple I can use. And then when I came back and and worked with them again, when I the the best example I have is I used to when I would come up into the control room 
and then the next shift was on or, you know, the mechanics were up there getting ready for the, the job they were going to do in the plant. It was, what's going on? What's happening? What's this? What's this? Right? What's just the facts? <laughs> what's going on? And when I realized that, um, you know, they weren't robots <laughs> and they um, had lives and they had things going on um, and they had their own issues, they had important things they wanted to talk about, I would remind myself walking up the stairs, okay, get into listen mode. Your stuff might be important, but, you know, find out what's going on with them first. And simple thing, it sounds, like I say, it's a simple thing, but I had to train myself when I started walking up those stairs. And it was only like two flights I had to go up, so I didn't have much time. But getting myself in that mode of, you know, find out what's going on with them first, whether it's the plant, whether it's, you know, something, whatever, right? What's going on with you first and then bring out my stuff, what I wanted to get across. And I found that um, it came across uh, more open ears, if I can say it that way, that there wasn't seven reasons why what I just said was wrong. Um, if I gave them the opportunity to, you know, tell me what was, just what was happening with them, with them, with their kids, whatever, whatever they wanted to talk about. Uh, so I think the, the listening side, right, you have the two ears, one mouth kind of thing. Whatever visual you need to use or what works for you before you get up into the conversation um, I think helps because it is in the moment, right? Um, you can plan a speech. You can plan a, a presentation. You can plan a project outline. But when you're uh, working with people and working through people, to me, it's all about the moment. It's what can you do in that moment. So setting myself up so that I can listen, and you know, I'll, I'll even just write down <laughs> some of those things that I need to tell them so I don't forget. Right, but then be open to listen to what they're saying. Um, yeah, that's great. That works for me with this listening thing, um, writing down, you know, hearing them out, but also putting pen to paper and and having things that I know when I leave here, I need to take action on these items. Uh, to, to help this team, to help this team member. So that, that's great. Uh, you know, one of the things in this list says that uh, see problems as opportunities. So, you know, I think sometimes we see problems as, as roadblocks, and sometimes we can use them for opportunities to become better, to, to make our processes better. Uh, what do you think about that, Carissa? I'm 100% with you on that, um, especially when you talk about, uh, I'm going to call them, you know, out in the field type jobs where things don't, uh, things aren't as controllable or you can't control them as well as project schedules, you know, at the desk, right? Uh, when, you're, when you're working at a desk and, you know, you, your information's there, everything kind of, yes, surprises come up. I'm not saying that they don't. But when you're working in construction or manufacturing, right, you've got Murphy's Law to deal with and just the general law of entropy, right, that everything is, is moving towards chaos and you have to control your around, surroundings too. So if you always think of things as problems, you're going to miss, some of those ideas because your brain's just going to get stressed out on it. I think that's where I kind of got burned out because if the plant was having a bad day, I was having a bad day. 
And when I was having a bad day, I couldn't see those creative solutions. And even if someone told me something, I probably wasn't listening as well because it was, you know, that mindset of this is a problem that has to get fixed right now versus, oh, you know, what is going on? What do you guys think we should do? Have you seen this before? Um, Being able to be a little bit more patient about it and more open to, to what it is. Uh, I think, to me, my mindset and my inner critic, (laughs) the inner critic that's in there always telling me, you know, its own little story about what's happening and what I should be doing uh, are pretty powerful. And so being able to, as as any leader or manager, when you're working with other people and working through them and your job is to get the obstacles out of the way, you got to have that. Sorry, now I'm preaching. (laughs) you got to have that level of emotional intelligence, right? And what, what is that, that little critic saying? And is it really valuable? Or nope, we're going to focus on this as an opportunity. What's, the, what, you know, what's, what's our solutions? What's our ideas? What can we do? Um, and, and just the idea of a, I used to have a lot of managers, right? So you know when a manager walks in a room, you can tell what their mood is. Yes, that definitely. And I think what we, especially as managers and then leaders definitely, we have to learn, you know, everybody's looking to me for the answer. And, and sometimes to be honest and say, I don't have the answer. I, I need you to help me with this. I need to share this load with you. It's just yeah. when you reach that point, it's so powerful that you can say, you know what, guys, I know everyone's looking at me. But I don't have the answer for this. But I'd love to talk to you about so we can come up with a, a brainstorming solution that fits this problem and solves this problem. So that, that's great. No, I, I'm glad you said that because that is even something that simple. It, it takes some uh, – there's some risk to it, right? Because what if their answers are things you can't do 100% or can't do right now? So it's risky to, to say what you just said. To go, hey, I don't have all the answers. I want to hear what you guys have to say. But I think just based on what I know about you, the trust level that you said, because you you're transparent with your folks. Um, and so they know that when you do come to them that you're going to consider it and not just, uh, you know, pretend. <laughs> My manager told me I need to come to you and listen to what you guys have to say. You have five minutes. <laughs> I'm right. listening now, <laughs> right? They know there's an authenticity around what you have to say. So, so you probably aren't going to get crickets. You, I'm speaking about you directly, right? You're not going to get crickets when you ask that question and say, I don't know, I'd like your input. Whereas a manager who probably doesn't have that transparency and trust built, they're going to get crickets, which is, you know, I've, I've been in those situations and I've learned um, that I, wasn't do, I didn't do my homework ahead of time with that group. So. Well, I can tell you, I'll be honest, I had to listen to those crickets before I could get to that mentality, right? <laughs> well, I, listen, uh, we've been at this for about 24 minutes. I like to keep these podcasts around 20 to 30, so let, let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you and, and how you can help them, Carissa. Well, I am, uh, I'm in the Tampa area, but I do most of my work by phone and uh, love to travel anyway. But uh, you can get me at Carissa at keyinsightconsulting.com. I know it's long. 
but hopefully it'll show up in the podcast. And I, I work with people that are either, you know, stuck in a mindset that they know something bigger is out there, and they're just not quite sure how to get out. I knew that um, the grass was greener on the other side, but I wasn't really sure how to get there, how to improve and make the impact I wanted. And so now that I've done that, I want to go help others and get them out of that mode. So um, reach out to me with, with anything. I've got some very interesting scenarios, but um, I, I help teens kind of get rid of their drama because um, that was a big, a big part for me that I, I just wanted to, to stop a lot of what can naturally happen in the workforce. So that's my goal. That's my process right now, which is why I'm glad you reached out to me about this because it's a big part of it, how the leader sets up the organization. Well, you're doing a great job, and kudos to you for helping people get unlock those potentials. And, uh, again, you can reach Carissa. Uh, it's Gudenkopf. Is that, is that the right way to pronounce it? Yes, that is it. So you can get her on LinkedIn as well, and then she, she gave you her uh, email address there. So please reach out to her for her services. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast today. The, the leadership versus the manager, the great debate. And I thank Krista for helping me with this today. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Thank you. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.